Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another episode of your Storybox podcast, where I, your esteemed host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox amazing stories from incredible people twice a week. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the Storybox and hear more about our guest today. This is episode number 41. Hope you are all doing well, safe, feeling positive, energized, and are ready for this episode with my my guest today. Her name is Dr. Nikki Starr. Now, if you don't know who she is, she's a born and bred New Yorker, world traveler, and nature lover. She's passionate about empowering people just like you to feel incredible and live a life you love. And she often says that life is a grand adventure, especially when we live guided by a heart. I know she knows this firsthand. The beautiful thing about life is that we are able to do anything we wish uh, to be and create any life we so desire. Now, Dr. Nikki, at the age of 25, she had touched every single continent except Antarctica. She had worked various uh, with various healers, shamans, and medical people around the globe experiencing and learning about all kinds of healing uh, modalities. Sometimes she found herself in some pretty crazy situations, but the stories are definitely well worth it, according to her. During this time as well, her abilities as a natural-born healer awakened within her. She discovered and traced back three generations to a lineage of healers from a native tribe of Colombia. She is she's been able to do so much. So her experiences have prepared her for work as a transformational life coach, energy healer, and spiritual guide. She has multiple degrees from a bachelor's degree in psychology, nutrition, and chemistry from New York University. She is the author of Raw Naked Truth, an inspirational ebook of wisdom for life. And she has also spoken at a number of events and conferences, including New York Times Travel Show, Further Future, East Meets West Fest, and she's done a lot of wellness and spiritual guiding uh, retreats as well. She is the co-creator of The Art of Ritual, a six-week ritual-based women's support group, creator of the Initiation Program, a transformational online coaching program as well, and she does so much more. On this episode, guys, we get to talking about a number of things, one of them being why you should listen and follow your heart, why that's important. Love, why we should be loving ourselves, and why love within one another and within our own self is powerful. Conscious energy, conscious living, 
guidance, energy healing, relationship counseling. We also dive into creating positive connections uh, of good habits in relationships, strategies to actually listen to our hearts, uh, the delusions your mind can create, the best way to have a relationship. We also talk about how to be more selfless, not selfish, sex and having a scheduled time for intimate sex. She dives a bit further into that within this interview. Sex is energy within the relationship, so don't fight it. We get talking a little bit more about that as well. So all in all, everyone, this is a fascinating talk with Nikki and I. I know you guys are going to get quite a bit from it, so without me going on and on and on, you know the drill, guys. It's time to dive into the story box and hear Dr. Nikki's story. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm delighted to actually have you on here. And before we get stuck into, I guess, how this actually got started for you, I have one question that I love asking people, and that is, what is your definition of success? Mm, that's a beautiful definition. I feel that success is when we are doing what we love and we're surrounded by people we love and we have plenty to thrive. And I do think it's important to define parameters of success before we get there because the human tendency is to want more and more and more and more and more and to keep going, 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 going. And so to really take that, it's going to be different for everyone. So each person within themselves saying, what does successful mean to me? Like if it is a money thing, then what is that number? If it is about whatever it is, like everyone is different defining parameters so that when we reach that, we're like, okay, great. I did it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really to, to just be living a life that we love. And when we've gotten to that place, place of like, I really love my life, like every aspect, I love my relationships. I love the work that I do, how I impact the world and, and really feel that fulfillment mm -hmm. to me, that is success. What do you mean by this word? It's a powerful word, love. Now we could, I want to talk about this definition of what love actually is and how that actually plays out in a person's life because love is such a huge and broad topic there's like so many things involved with it so when you when you speak about doing the things that we love what do you exactly mean by that what i mean by that is like another way we could say is like following our heart so mm -hmm. this idea of doing things from a place that they feel good and not what you sh that the mind tells you that you should do. Yes. So there is this idea even connected to relationship love of like, oh, I need to be with someone who's like this and this and this. But then you meet someone and you have this beautiful connection with someone who does not fit those checkboxes you created in your mind. Follow the feeling. Follow that feeling that makes you feel really good and open and expansive. And that's what I mean by love. So then if we translate that into a life we love, then it's every day is filled with things that make us feel good and expansive and inspired and joyful. And we feel connected. And I find that love when we're in this feeling and emotion is a natural caffeine. And we can, we become invincible. It, it inspires every aspect of our lives. Mm. So when you talk about following your heart and your inner, inner voice, is there opportunity for that voice and that inner heart to steer you wrong? Or is it always going to steer you the right way towards love? 
I, in my opinion, I feel that when we follow our heart, it brings us in my, in my opinion, it's like the heart is the compass of the soul. Mm. So if we follow the heart, it's going to lead us to happiness and goodness. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges and all that kind of things. And a perfect example from my life is, you know, I always had wanted to be a medical doctor and that was my, me following my heart. But then when I became that, my heart was telling me it's time for something else. And some people would say, you're crazy. Like you just spent all this money and you did all this time. And I'm so happy that I made a different choice. Like I followed my heart and was there challenge? Absolutely. You know, did I have to go through a whole spiritual journey around the world? Totally. Um, did I end up, you know, leaving certain relationships and coming into new ones? Yes. Of course that hurts. And I still followed my heart and I live, I live a life I love. I am so happy. I'm so fulfilled. Sometimes I'm like, wait, is this really real? You know? <laughs> yeah. And guess what? I follow my heart, you know, and I have relationships I love so much. And I've been even in romantic relationships for a guy like totally fit the bill yeah. and it didn't feel right, mm. you know? And so I was like, nope. And then I've been in other relationships where, you know, even the current relationship I'm in now, like there's some aspects that people might be like, what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, this feels amazing. This is like the, I'm so fulfilled in this relationship, mm. you know? So it's, it's really like, we have to honor our inner guidance. And I feel like the heart is that place mm. where if we had to put our consciousness in a certain part of the body. I feel like the heart is where we want to put our consciousness. Wow. So I have two, a couple of questions coming from that response that you just made. Why do you think the heart leads you to certain things in the first place? Because you mentioned that you wanted to be a medical doctor, then all of a sudden your heart was telling you to go sub, do something else. Why do you think it does that? And my next question is, what are the, the keys when, when you look at a relationship um, and being in a healthy relationship that is and if it doesn't feel right then what you know it checks all the boxes why do we have the boxes in the first place if we don't actually feel right about it like if that makes sense so I think that both of these things are, it's important to talk about the mind and how yeah. like the mind is just like this, it's a sabotager. Like the mind is very intelligent and it, it has its purpose and function. It gives us this identity and it tells us what's right and wrong. And, and the mind serves for certain things. Mm. When the mind is overactive, which is, you know, why we have now in this new age come to meditate because we've seen where the mind can limit us, right? So the mind is like this construct. It's the computer program that we've trained, that society has conditioned like, okay, you have a mind and we're going to teach the mind all these things about culture, about school, like this is black, this is white, this is a chair, this is a couch, this is the sky, this is a sea, like... We're programming the mind so we can like have a human experience and like relate to each other. Mm. This is, and this 3D physical body is like one aspect of humans. And there's like our spirit and this grander part of ourselves. So that intelligence needs to come through some other place. And I feel that it comes through the heart. Mm. 
So if the mind is this very human part of our being, the heart would be our soul, the grander part of our being. So the way our soul can communicate to us is through the heart. So when we have a strong passion and desire, it's like our soul communicating. Because I could have desired or wanted to become a lawyer or to become an architect or whatever, but something was like, become a doctor, right? So I listened to that. And then something else was like, travel the world, travel the world. And I was like, okay, but I could have decided like, I'm going to just go get married and have a white picket fence and start a family. You know, like I could have desired something else at that point in my life, but my desire was like to travel the whole world. So I did that, you know, and then it was like different desires and then a desire for even like a location to live. Why didn't I want to go live in Bali? I wanted Malibu for very specific reasons, right? Like that I maybe am not even conscious of what those are, you know? Yeah. So I feel that the heart is this place that there's a divine intelligence working mm. because the mind is going to be like making the check boxes. Ah, okay. And at the same time though, I do think that when there is a desire for, let's say if you have a checkbox and you're like, I want someone who's active, yeah. right? You're not going to want the couch potato if you're an active person, but if you are more of a couch potato, then you're going to want the couch potato. So there is a service that serves when you have the boxes because it does prevent you from quote unquote wasting time. Mm. But you may meet someone that has a habit that you thought that you were like, Oh no, absolutely not. Never, never, never. And then you meet and there's an amazing connection or maybe the age isn't quite right or whatever. So you could have the box and then someone comes in and they're so perfect in so many ways and you feel so great then that's when you're like, well, maybe my mind is not smarter than divine intelligence bringing us together, than the universe bringing these two souls. In my opinion, it's better to go with the feeling of like, I feel so much love and so expansive and so happy and my life is better with this person than like, oh, this person meets the checkbox. Mm, It's not that great, but I'm going to stay because they're like safe. When like nothing is safe, right? We're constantly evolving and changing. So does that answer the question? It does. Yeah. It's very interesting to talk about actually, because I'm curious to know about when you do have this checklist, why do we have this checklist in the first place when we should actually be listening more to our heart and just, we should just throw out the checklist. Like the mind is, is such a powerful tool. And I, you know, I went through a similar thing like last year. Um, I was dating someone for about seven months and it all ended abruptly, but it felt right in the moment for me to stay with this girl. And I had created in my mind what I thought would be the perfect relationship and perfect future. And I had put all my emotion, all my energy into this future that I had created for both of us. And when it was all gone, I was like, well, what do I do now? How can I actually listen to my heart? How can I learn to listen to my heart? And that takes time. So I'm curious from your perspective as a psychologist and as someone that deals with this sort of uh, topic, how, what are some strategies that you usually give to people to say, look, here's how you listen to your heart more? Hmm. 
Beautiful. Yeah. So I also just want to clarify. So I don't practice Western medicine anymore. I don't call myself a psychologist. I yeah. call myself more just so that we're like, everyone knows. Of course. In general, like I, I'm very by the book, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'm that I'm something or because I work more in the intuitive coaching and energy healing realms mm. okay. Um, okay. and even spiritual guidance and teaching. So I like to really come from that place because how I share is nothing I learned in medical mm-hmm. school or in my psychology training. So I want to, also yeah, so I don't believe any of this, a psychologist would say to you, let's okay. just put it at that. I, I operate more from an energy perspective. So what I would say to uh, what you're talking about is the way we really listen to our heart is to be in the now. So even as I was listening to your story, you were very focused on a future with this person versus yeah. living the moment with them right now. The ultimate love is unattached love where it doesn't matter what it's going to be tomorrow. It doesn't matter if this person's going to be in our life in five years, in 10 or 20. But we follow that feeling that if you feel really good with someone, you stay and you continue until it's not fun or good or healthy anymore. So where there's an equal give, there's this aspect of devotion. There's a sweetness of thoughtfulness. You're laughing a lot together. You're going through this beautiful experience and both people are giving mm. and both people want to be there and both people show up, live that moment now. And then yes, you can start to plan next week in a month or Maybe go away for someone's birthday. And I think when we're too far in the future of what it could be, then it's like the energy moves from what, what I have in front of me. And then you're creating delusions about something that's maybe not real mm. versus living the moment. Mm. That's it. Very interesting. So is there a, a right way to, or what are the sort of strategies or the shortcut, no, not shortcuts, the, the best way to have a relationship with somebody if there's this constant question of am I going to be 100% committed to this person if I don't feel in the next five, 10 years, if I don't feel the same way that I did last year or like I did five years ago, how can, how can I still remain with this person if I don't really feel right? Is that sort of the the key or the, um, not the key, I'm looking for a specific word, um, the evidence for you to sort of move on? So let's say if you, so I'm not, I, I think I know what you're asking, but let's just go from it about, from this standpoint. I feel like when we meet someone in the beginning, it's very like casual and we're like, great mm-hmm. and you're getting to know each other. And even within the first few months of connecting, you can you know, assuming that you're spending at least one to three times a week, you're starting to see like, do they, are they in integrity? Do they like follow up with what they say? How do I feel when I'm with them? How do I feel when I'm not with them? Mm. Right. And it's like, it's all great. And, and you even notice that you're so into this person, you're not really into anyone else, right? Like you don't even really care about other people. You're not trying to have like multiple people going on. Maybe that's your thing and that's okay too. But you use the word commitment. So I feel like the moment you know that you want to commit, it kind of just naturally starts to happen. 
Mm. Like you both begin to move away from maybe other connections and focus on the one you have because you like that person so much. And I feel like here, this is a sign of moving towards commitment because it actually naturally happens. Is that's not coming from a place of fear? Like, what are we? Because then I know I need to stop talking to other people. It's actually like, what is naturally evolving and unfolding here? Mm. You know, two people, let's say if you do, like some people are more particular when it comes to sexuality, right? So if you do begin to engage sexually, there may be a discussion, okay, we're going to be sexually exclusive, right? But even that is already a step in the direction of commitment, mm. right? And, and I think that allowing these kinds of conversations to come up naturally and not forcing anyone's hand to like, you don't want to give anyone an ultimatum, like, oh, what are we? Are you going to be together? This is not coming from love. This is control. This is the mind. This is fear. Mm. That's what I mean by living the now. It's like, you're really feeling into your heart. And like, maybe someone else does come on your path. Are you looking to talk to them? If you are, then you don't really probably want to be committed to this other person. So, so I hope that starts to answer your, um, yeah. Yeah. your yeah. questions. Right. And then just yeah. you know, please, years of long-term commitment, mm. then that's where we start to get into all relationships are worth. You choose to make commitment. There's many different, I, I just finished a book where I, I wrote in the relationship chapter is there's really no rules around relationship. We get to create them. So you and your partner get to decide like, this is what our rules are. Like it's, it's, it's very ignorant to think like, my definition of a committed relationship is the same as your definition of a committed relationship because it's not like, it's important to go through the details of like what's allowed within our monogamous container. Mm -hmm. Some people might think it's okay to cuddle with someone else, but not kiss or have sex. And someone else might think, no, you can't, I don't even really want you to have an emotional relationship with someone of the opposite sex. Right. Like, which that could mean texting and sharing all your challenges with someone, you know? So everyone has a completely different idea of like, what is monogamy? What's allowed in a committed relationship? So then it's like creating your container of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Then you can choose to get married. You can choose to do a one-year marriage. You could choose to do a three-year marriage and then reevaluate at the end. Like there is an infinite amount of ways we can choose to commit to each other. Um, Yes, of course, the, the romantic is like, oh, I want to be with this person forever. And maybe that happens. And at the same time, we hope that we grow together in relationship. But what happens when we don't? Does it make mm -hmm. sense to be like, no, but now you're stuck with me forever? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> what if it's not serving you or them? Right. So it's really about like not being so much in the future. Like, let's be here now together and co-create a beautiful moment now and then see where it goes. Mm, that was beautiful. Like you answered the question, even though I butchered actually asking the question. <laughs> um, that, that was amazing. So in terms of your line of work in healing and uh, I guess nutritional aspect and helping people uh, through medicine and, and all this sort of thing, have you been able to help a lot of people with broken relationships to restore broken relationships? Yeah. So just to clarify too, I know you mentioned medicine there. I don't practice Western medicine anymore. 
I completely work in transformational healing and coaching work. Yeah, that's and a sort of, yeah. And I do work with guiding people on nutrition and life counseling, all that. And I do work with couples as well. And I have helped couples not go through divorce. Mm. And they had the papers in and they were going to get divorced. And, and then it's like, wait a second, because I'm also intuitive to things like this. And so like, I can think of one couple where I was working with the, the husband and as a one-to-one client and as he was sharing things and we were going over his values in life and what he wants and his dreams and his aspirations, it came to light that actually his wife that he was just about to divorce fit very well all the things he wanted. And then I was like, are you sure you want to get divorced? Like most of the time people want to break up because there's not enough communication. Yeah. So sometimes just having a mediator or a coach or someone, and and the reason why I like coaching over therapy is because most traditional therapy, they just make you talk about the problems and there's not always these concrete action steps to do together. So When I work with clients, we create these kinds of contracts together. And like, I have them bring up all the things that annoy each other. And we go over all like everything with a fine. It's like anything you want to say, like now's your chance. It's like, we really get everything on the table. And then we see if it's possible to come to a peaceful, renewed place. Mm. And it's fascinating and amazing to see the results. And because there's also different types of energy practices that I have them to do together and ways to connect and even ways to, even if you have a busy schedule, how to prioritize your relationship, Mm. Um, even with very little time. Because it's not about like spending so much time with each other. It's about that when you do spend time together, that it's high quality, like Mm. really a lot of presence, really a lot of attention, even if it's two hours, it could make the world of difference. So how do you utilize those two hours with communication? Cause I want to, I want to talk a little bit about this. What actually is effective communication? What does that actually look like? I think it depends on your, what your goal is. So let's say if you're just two hours and it's date night, like you're going to want to do something really fun with your partner, or maybe it's just two hours date night and you guys have, I feel like couples, you want to be having sex. Like, I mean, really ideal is three times a week. If you want to be super, super connected, you mm. know, like minimum, if you're so not like, I mean, I think once a week is still too little to be honest. So you really want to have like a strong, if we're talking romantic relationships, you really want to have a strong sexual chemistry because there's an intelligence working where actually love can be created through sex because mm. 85% of our life force energy lives in our sexual center and when we're having sex and you know certain practices to move energy it, and even spontaneously it will move up into the heart space if you're gazing in each other's eyes and you're kissing this moves the energy up so you i'm sure people can speak to this maybe someone was supposed to just be like a friends with benefits and it turned into love because that's what sex does actually you release all these neurochemicals and dopamine and serotonin and there's this connection and it's happening so the foundation of any healthy relationship so that's an area of communication that's happening even non-verbally so um i'm always a fan of like have sex you know (laughs) that's gonna bring you guys together for sure and that's like energetic communication happening right um But obviously, if the verbal communication needs to happen, I always love 
And I share about this too in my new book um, that I love when in the communication chapter of when there's this really positive feedback and where it's like, you know, I love this, 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 and this three things you love. And maybe the one thing that's challenging, like, Mm. you know, I love how you did, you know, you made dinner this week and I love that you picked up my dry cleaning and I love it. Right. Like I feel so provided for and cared for so you say why you loved all those things. And so you're giving them a little pat on that. Or even it's like, I love that you worked out like this week. I love when you're taking care of yourself. So you're giving them positive reinforcement for all the things you love. And then you say, and I noticed you're still leaving the toilet seat up. Like, <laughs> I love if you could just put the toilet seat down because, and you share your reason, like hygienically, aesthetically, it would just provide uh, more aesthetics or a better energy in the bathroom because et cetera. Right. And, and people are more able to receive things if they don't feel like they're being criticized all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so really coming from a very factual place and giving the um, suggestion or saying, how do you think this can be resolved? Mm. Or what do you need from me so that, you can remember to put the toilet seat down and maybe it's like a a key word and it's like portal, you know, and it's like a personal one I'm sharing actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but not even just like the, the toilet seat with the whole part, like where you sit, but I like the whole thing down. It's actually a feng shui thing too, Mm. but just for energetics, like, you know, think about it, all that bacteria, all that stuff that goes in, you want to keep it closed. It keeps it cleaner energetically and also physically cleaner. Mm. Um, but I know that, you know, some men don't always pay attention to these kinds of details. So when I say, Oh, the portal's open, you know, he remembers right away. He closes it and we laugh about it. I'm not like being a mother hen. Mm. I found a way to make it light. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, I like that because, you know, it's something that men don't often, really think about too much. It's sort of like, Oh, I'll just leave it. It's same thing with making the bed. Right. It's, it's one of those little, it's the little things that make a huge difference sometimes, but they are so important within a relationship and we can, we can create these habits that oftentimes they, they impact the the actual relationship that it needs, we need to create harmony and we need to be selfless, not selfish and, and just help each other. And if one thing is not working for another person, then compromise and help, help them out. Um, with that, but you mentioned, you mentioned there for a moment, you encourage people quite often to actually have sex and become close together. And I'm curious to know, we mentioned a, an amount three times a week. Is that, do you say schedule three times a week or do you say, oh, just any time of the week, whenever you feel in the moment, just go for it. Um, so it can go either way. Like for example, I feel like it's it could be nice to schedule at least one day a week because of busy schedules. And sometimes it can be most convenient that that's like your date night. Like with mm-hmm. couples that coach, they have a one day a week scheduled date night for sure because we can get busy and you want to know like, okay, I know I need to leave Wednesday night open or Thursday night open. So when you're making your plans, you guys are not overlapping. And then it's like, Oh, what day are we going to see each other? Right. (laughs) Uh, Even though assuming you're going to see your partner more, but that happens, especially if people are really busy. 
and both partners have like their lives and their friends and their careers and all that. Um, of course, spontaneous is nice. Um, and so, yeah, so it's nice that, you know, maybe it's morning of one other day and maybe it's like catch a quickie on another, but this idea that there is this desire to come together and mm. not so much of getting so busy that you forget about this very important aspect of a romantic relationship. Mm. The so, other thing I wanted to s- just share as you were talking about, like both people coming together and compromising and doing stuff for each other, mm. the word devotion came up. Yeah. And devotion means like, it's not even about them. Like you are devoted to love. Like what can create more love in the relationship? So it's like, Instead of like, oh yeah, I'm tired, but I see that the garbage is full and I know my woman would love if I take the garbage out, that you just kind of take initiative because you know it's going to make the person smile. Or when you're going grocery shopping, even if you don't like something, you get it for them because you're thinking of them. Mm -hmm. So these little acts along the way, I, I like to say they're like devotional acts that it's like you giving energy to the relationship. Yeah. And it benefits you too, right? It's it's really not a selfish thing because if your partner's happy, you're happy too. Mm. It's almost like we're trying to fight against this selfish, innate nature that we have to become selfless and devote ourselves, give of ourselves fully. It's that aspect of vulnerability consistently, it almost seems, because we are putting ourselves out there emotionally. We are giving a lot of energy to people. And then when we give everything to a person, we hope that they would honor that and respect it as well. And just, you know, create that harmony within the relationship. So it's like, I I give to you all the energy that I have and I I hope that you would give the same back to me. But then oftentimes we find that in relationships, there might not be that, that synergy and one person's giving more than the other person. So what would you say to that person that's not really giving as much in a relationship? Well, I'd like to just speak on that in general. And it goes for both people because Mm -hmm. there's a mindset. This is more like, you know, it's like, what is spirituality? What is like consciousness? And like, what I always think is like, how can we love everyone and everything doesn't matter if it's a family member or a beloved. Is that possible? Well, what I want to say is like, what if we give from a place of not needing anyone's love back? Mm. Like you gave love, not because I hope my partner gives it back to me and I hope my partner respects my love, but you have so much love. It's like this infinite well, Mm. and you are just an infinite well, an infinite source of love. And what if you just loved everyone, your partner, like, if you got an idea to be like generous or you got an idea to just love a lot, you just did it and Mm. you didn't even need anyone's back. Yeah. Like that's going to shift the perception of the person who's loving a lot because they're going to think, okay, I'm doing this just from a place of love, like generosity. I don't need it back. And then the person who's not giving that much would then think, Oh, I'm going to start giving more love because like, I feel better when I give more love. Hmm. And, and then that can translate beyond romantic relationships to the relationships we have with our parents, to the relationship with siblings, friends. What if we just gave? And, and I'm not saying like if you're in an abusive relationship, you stay and you keep giving love. Absolutely not. 
but it's like, if you really care about someone and you have this desire, it wells up inside of you to give, you give it. Um, and then of course it's about being mindful. Like if you don't want to be in a relationship, let's say the person who's quote unquote under giving their love or something, you know, it's this evaluation of like, is it serving? It's funny right now that, you know, the song by Usher Byrne. Yes. So I'm thinking of that song right now because the lyrics in that he's like, you know, one, one part of me is like, wants to break down and is dying, wants to break down and cry. But then there's this other part of the, but he knows ultimately he needs to let the relationship go. Of course you still love the person, but you need to let the relationship go for both people. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing, this aspect of self-awareness and courage and having the courage to end relationships sometimes when they're not serving. Yeah. And I think that's like for last year, she was the one that ended the relationship because I think she called herself a free spirit, someone that, you know, can't be tied down. And that's something I didn't understand. I was like, well, you can't be like that. You've got to be in a relationship, blah, blah, blah. That was just my own mindset, taking, wanting to control. And mm -hmm. I needed to release that and allow her to just be set free. And that took quite a lot of time actually for me to, for me to do that because I wanted, I wanted to win her back. I thought, no, 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 I'm going to fight as best I can in every sense of the word to make her want me back. But I wasn't actually allowing myself to heal properly and realize that, okay, accept the fact she didn't want me because it wasn't because of me. It was because she just wanted to be her herself and be free and to do whatever she wanted to do. And I was sort of like not in the relationship, not enabling her to do that. So there was a lot of things that I needed to learn through that experience, but it took a lot of time to actually do. And when I, I remember Nikki, I remember the moment I realized it. it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just like, Oh, it's, that's it. <laughs> why, why was I, why was I taking so much time to actually come to that realization of she wasn't the one for me. Now I need to begin the process of actually healing my heart, healing my mind and figuring out who I actually am in life. And that was that moment, I, I kid you not, Nikki, was one of the best realization moments I've ever had in my life. And, you know, even, even now looking at, you know, the possibility of, you know, hopefully one day being in a relationship with somebody else, looking at all the mistakes that I made before to what I can, I'm able to give at the moment and just being unselfish, just learning to give a lot more, but, also being careful to not control, to not, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that came up for me as you were talking was because you said something like you needed to let her be her and there's an art to loving people yeah. in a way that allows them to feel free and to be who they are and not needing them to be like your labeled partner but it can blossom into that. And not that you stay with them because like, oh, they might then change their mind, but there is an art to it. And it does come from that unattached place from living the moment without the need to create so much, like it needs to be like this. And what are we in all these things? Mm -hmm. um, Cause that aspect of this very free love 
is what helps people to flourish and blossom. It's like, we want to go into relationships, not changing people, not trying to change anyone. Like if they were to never change and stay exactly like they were in that moment, would you love them? Could you love them forever? And then this idea that knowing they're going to change because we were always changing, like, could you be okay with then it not being aligned anymore? Mm. And that's the reality too. Yeah. And I think I had all these fears and and moments of self-doubt as well. The fact that why could she love someone like me? And, you know, I needed to get into a place of loving myself and loving who I was rather than focusing in all my energy and attention on loving her and, and showing that sort of love, which was really, really a time period that I needed to learn and it was hard for me to actually learn it. But once I did learn it and I'm still learning it to this day, how can I give more of myself, but also love myself the most? Because once you enter that place of I can, I now love myself. Now I'm able to give a little bit of that love to somebody else so they can experience it too. And that, I think that's beautiful. Like it, it's just, there's something about it. It's, it's something else. Yeah. And I think it's really important to come to a place to be totally content with yourself and not need a partner, yeah. but just think that it would be nice to share your life with someone, but not like, Oh my gosh, where's my partner? And, but like love your life so much that it's like, you really are content by yourself. Mm. Mm. That's when you're like, I think really, really ready for an ultimate relationship. Yeah. I want to steer the conversation a little bit to more your life. I know I'm very mindful of your time. I, I really appreciate it and enjoying this conversation as well. And basically for, for you and, and your life, why did you decide to go into medicine to start off with? And then why did you decide to move away from it? So I feel that I decided to go into medicine because I feel like I'm a natural born healer. Like even as a young girl, people always come to me and tell me their issues and it just felt like the natural thing to do. I've been fascinated with the human body and mind and just our beingness. And I love learning everything about it. I love relationships. And so medicine just feels like, felt like the obvious path. I also did really well in school and it was just obvious. And what happened was I, when I went through the whole process, I then realized, oh, wait, I have some other abilities that are now starting to be obvious because other people in my medical class don't have them or not seeing things the way I am or not, you know, even when we sometimes plan for their, what their protocol was, I didn't always agree with it. Um, I felt like I could see people's unhappiness and I was intuitively reading things and and realizing the connection between like emotional dis-ease with physical disease. So I was seeing these connections between lifestyle and all that. And I was starting to go through a bit of my own spiritual awakening because I was traveling the world in medical school and I started then. And it was like right after college, that summer after college, I did my first Euro trip. And in that travel time, I started to see how other people lived. And that's when I was starting to just make my assessment about like life and human experience. And 
when I was like scuba diving, I was like, why don't I just be a scuba diving instructor? What about happiness? It's not just about health, you know, like, and then I realized I'm really passionate about like optimal living. It's like health gets you here. And like knowing the mind and body allows me to treat people here, but I'm looking for like living our fullest potential, like living our ultimate life. And with that, it's like, we got to be able to touch and work on all the aspects, all the layers and levels of our being. Mm. And that's why moving into coaching and spiritual healing and that I have access to everything, you know, like I can share about food. I can share about relationships. I can, you know, whereas I felt staying in Western medicine was limiting me in how I could work with people. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned when you were traveling the world? I think I learned about honoring diversity and different cultures and how it's important that there is diversity. Mm. So I know that there's been this Westernization of so much and it was really sad when I would go to like villages in the Amazon and then see like, you know, plastic bottles of sugary drinks, like polluting the, you know, and, and people not really wanting to follow in the traditions of their family and being like glued to their cell phones. And I was just like, oh no, what's happening? So it made me really appreciate diversity. Like I love when I see cultural things happening and I love when people are just different because that's what makes our planet so beautiful. Like mm. seeing all the different plants out there and the different ways that people in different countries live like that was so incredible and would make me even cry you know just seeing different cultures Mm. and I think that it's so important that that stays in some way um, as things are modernizing as all these changes are happening there's no better way to live Mm. and that was really important for me. And I can't stress that enough. In, in your opinion about this aspect of healing, is there something that can't be healed? I believe that everything can be healed. Mm. I really do. Um, I, I do think that sometimes we may have to go into past lives to heal it. And we may need to go and, And sometimes things need to be healed over and over and over again in different ways because it's so deeply lodged in there. Mm. Um, However, I do feel that we can heal everything. So how do we get to the deeper aspect of that healing for a person? I think first it comes with choice. Like you have to decide and declare, like, I want to heal as much as possible. I want to be my best self. I want to come in my highest potential. And then the cultivation of self-awareness so that you're able to see these aspects of our, you know, some people are in denial and they don't want to see it. Uh, The first step to healing is the awareness. This is what needs to heal, right? So that cultivation of self-awareness through different mindfulness techniques and practices like meditation or yoga. And then it's the commitment and the resolve to take the steps. So whether it's an investment in yourself by working with a healer or a coach, or whether it's taking yourself on a retreat or doing some kind of workshop, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like that continuous action to, I guess you can say like is 
we talk about like curing your healing of like quote unquote, get better um, or releasing whatever is that thing that is, you know, creating challenges in your life, mm-hmm. whether it's relationship patterns that keep presenting themselves, if it's same script, different cast, what's the common denominator, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. us, it's you, it's whatever that common denominator is. And we all have things like that's what the human experience is. You come in imperfect, perfectly imperfect. And the journey is about healing. So we come to this more evolved space to create and do and be and have that experience. Mm, That's that's beautiful. And a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind, Nikki, this, I call it the legacy question. So it's basically you've reached the age of a hundred and your friends have put together a mixtape of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how they got it. They just did. They put it together for you on your hundredth birthday to celebrate. What do you want that mixtape to say and to show about your life? I feel like it's going to show all the, the, yeah, it's like millions and it was like billions of people that I've impacted in all the different ways. So whether it's through the best selling books and through the clips from the pod, like all the, countless podcasts and interviews I was on and, Mm. um, and just a lot of love and the communities I was a part of and the connections and the relationships and lots of hugging and (laughs) lots of laughter and lots of shots by the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, just like a beautiful, full life of, you know, a lot of media stuff, you know, I've, been on media in the past and it feels like it's coming online again and obviously through this is media platforms and it's it's sharing as I always do positive inspiring messages that create union and harmony and bring people together and remind people of how capable they are and that they can do anything and that we are creator beings and yeah that's it and it was a lot of following your heart a lot of love a lot of joy a lot of playfulness that's excellent because I haven't even actually touched on the meditation part of your life yet. And I feel like the conversation sort of went in a certain direction, which is excellent. Um, and I, I sort of want to be very mindful of your time. So I just want to say thank you so much, Nikki, uh, for coming on the Storybox podcast, sharing your, your wisdom, your, your advice as well. I know people are going to get a lot from it. I know I did. I feel uplifted. I feel encouraged. I appreciate you. And I want to give you one more opportunity to share something that is on your heart at the moment that you would like to say to everybody. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's been a pleasure. And and I always trust that whatever comes through is like exactly what people needed to hear. So all the questions are perfect. And yes, it's true. We can keep going and going. Um, and I guess the, what I just like to leave people with is to connect with me. If you feel like this spoke to you in some way, follow me on Instagram, Dr. Nikki Starr, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-T-A-R-R. My website is the same, drnikkistar.com. Um, I work with people in all different ways. I have a coaching programs, individual and group. And, and I, I really just love being on this planet right now. And I know there's a lot of challenge happening. And I feel that I'm an eternal optimist here to make the world a brighter place. 
So I see everything through the lens of how it's benefiting us. And so that's my invitation to you. If there's anything in your life that you're challenged by right now, or even events in the world, can you see the silver lining and see how it's actually a gift for us? And it's supporting us in growing and evolving. And that this too shall pass moments will change and evolve. And it's here just for a small moment, even if it may be challenging. Um, but to remember that you are most powerful and you decide your life with your thoughts and your actions and your beliefs. So if there's something in the world or in your life that you see that you are not in agreement with or is not aligned with you, you have the power to change that. So just remember your sovereignty and remember your power and be empowered. Mm. So thank you. That's amazing. I feel like that's a great way to end our conversation. Dr. Nikki Starr, thank you so much for coming on the Storybox. Really appreciate you. Thank you. I don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it'll go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.